Welcome to the Wrestle Down. Down, 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 down. We're gonna. We're. I'm Jared Palapol, Mr. Twitter.com Swing Dingling. This is Dennis Bruno at Sensei Danny B on the Twitter, D Bruno forty two on the Instagrams, and under our table we got Keaton the Kitten Man, our mascot. Ah, uh, the little fuzzy man is around. He is walking around. Uh. So what's been up this week? We went to NXT TakeOver. 25! It's the 25th year of TakeOvers. Brought, to you, brought to you by Hanes Banana Peels. <laughs> <laughs> when you think the fun is over, it's really just beginning. <laughs> like a banana. <laughs> because it ends the same as it begins. The most treacherous sponsor we've had yet. It's very controversial. Um, hey, I mean, I don't think I have to say... Uh, How much you love bananas? I don't have to say that at all. I love them. I have them every day. Um, I am out, and I need to go grocery shopping tomorrow. Um, that's a note for me. In editing, I will stop editing the podcast, and I will go out and buy them, and then I will have done my deed for the day. Uh, note to self. Serial 2. Um, <laughs> this is an exhaustive list. <laughs> and apples. <laughs> oh, man. It's uh, like when there's a main event and there's a co-main event. That didn't happen at NXT TakeOver 25. No, it didn't no. need to because it was such a good show. Yes, every match was amazing. Do you have a favorite that uh, you want to talk about? I do. Um, I feel like a lot of people are going to be talking about the main events, which were excellent from TakeOver, specifically the, the title match. But mm. my favorite, because of how surprisingly great it was, was Matt Riddle versus Roderick Strong. Yeah, me too. I yeah. was like blown away by how good that was. I absolutely. was hyped. It, it's absolutely one of those prototypical sleeper matches where people walk into it and just kind of assume, because Roderick Strong's like third of four on the depth chart, that he's yeah. not really going to have to try that hard, and Matt Riddle was just, it, was, it seemed like a given he was going to win. Yep. Instead, they do the classic NXT surprise, ha ha ha, for assuming thing of, they had an incredible back and forth match, it seemed like either one of them could have won, and yep. it had everything, hard strikes, submissions, chain wrestling, yeah. high risk, like, aerial offense, it was great. Yeah, it was the match that, like, in some ways had more story than the others, but, like, really didn't have many stakes Going to it, because, like, I mean, we went with our girlfriends. I told uh, Alyssa, like, what the story was, and I was like, he, uh, Roderick, attacked Matt Riddle backstage. Yeah. And that was, like, it. And I couldn't even remember why, other than to prove that he was loyal to the group that was, yeah, he's in. That was it. Yeah. I mean, the story I'd given Sarah, my girlfriend, for those listening, was that I was like, here's Matt Riddle. Uh, he looks like a Greek god. He knows how to really fight. Watch what he does with his sandals. Yeah. And then, boom, into the crowd. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that was amazing. That yeah. was like, that was a hot opener. Yeah. And uh, it never let up. It's And it's one of those rare matches where you watch somebody introduce a new finish that didn't pr- like prime the crowd for what was going to happen next. Yeah. Uh, Matt Riddle's arm got beaten up that he couldn't submit Broderick Strong, which that's how he's beaten pretty much everyone else, aside from like, flash KOs, mm. but he has a new finish that's, like, a power move, and it makes perfect sense for a guy who looks very powerful. Yeah. And it was so good. It was yeah. a great way to open the show. Yep. It was a surprisingly hot open, and, uh, God, I, uh, yeah, I always underrate Roderick, Roderick Strong. Yep. Because he's, he's really good. Yeah, he's really good in the ring. He just doesn't have much character to no, latch on to. I, I couldn't tell you a single word from a Roderick Strong promo. Um, NXT a year, year and a half ago did an excellent job with him and Marina Shafir. 
before she became one of the horse ladies or like the uh, Basler ladies. Yeah. But just like giving an insight into how, why he wrestles, like mm-hmm. how important it is to him and his family, and it makes you it when you add more dimensions to characters, you want to see them win or lose. Yeah. And it's they've done a masterful job, weirdly, of the, the, all of everybody in the Undisputed Era, him the most. Right. Yeah. Well, I think they've. I I feel like they must have wanted him to be like the top face for a bit. Yeah. But he doesn't work well as a face because no. he's just. He's kind of got a whiny voice. Yeah. It's, I mean, he's kind of unlikable in a way, but right. like, uh, because it did seem like they were setting up, they spent a lot of time setting up Roger Strong versus Bobby Roode. Yep. And then uh, it never, they might have had a couple matches on like NXT TV, but not on a takeover. They yep. never built to that level. Oh, imagine that. Former 24-7 champion Bobby Roode. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the second ever. That's true. 27. Pinning Titus O'Neil, who picked it up. Yes. But yeah, uh, Takeover was great. It was one of the and like one of the things that Sarah's really been enjoying about yeah. coming to live wrestling. This was only her second show ever. Right, is how accessible it was to get into like crowd chants and the atmosphere. Yeah, because I think right after that was Velveteen versus Tyler Breeze. Right, actually, no, it was the ladder match. It was the ladder match. Yeah, yeah. So like, she asked me like, "Who do you want to win?" And I said, um, well, I want the Street Profits to win. They probably won't. But the Undisputed Era would be cool, too. Yeah. And then I got what I wanted! Yeah. Me, too. Yeah. I know. I was like, well, they've been, you know... I've... I remember not being too into their gimmick when they first showed up. And mm-hmm. then, like... But I was like, I've heard that they're getting over huge on the... On their non-televised shows. So, you know, I'll wait for them to break out. And they did. Yeah. And they were amazing. We loved them at uh, Evolve. Yes. And, and uh... Yeah. It was what a ladder match! It it gave us so many great moments of just like first of all, uh, a, a Purple Heart or the Medal <laughs> of Honor or both to Kyle O'Reilly for sacrificing his back for that match. Yeah, like yeah. chunks of it missing. Yeah, he got lacerated pretty badly. Um, um, still I, fought. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even realize. Well, I I knew something was up because at some point I saw the referees all wearing the, the gloves that they wear when they have to handle blood. Yep. Um, but I was like, I don't see... Like, we were far enough away that um, I couldn't see specifically what was happening there. But, uh, yeah, the Instagram posts afterwards were pretty brutal. Yeah, they were gruesome looking, let alone to imagine wrestling with. Yeah. So, huge ups to Kyle O'Reilly. Even though his, like him and Bobby Fish didn't win, he won. Yeah. Um, Everybody won when Jackson Riker decided to get involved, and every other person who wasn't a forgotten son beat him up with a ladder. Yep, that was... <laughs> it was a personal highlight. It was a nice uh, moment where, like, it kind of... His interference really ground the, the thing to a halt because we were just watching a bunch of people do flippy shit and, and high-flying moves off the ladders, whatever, and then there's this big guy who comes in and he just destroys everybody and... It kind of, it was like, at first it was like, oh, that guy's strong. Right. And then over time, the crowd was just kind of like, yeah, that guy's about as strong as a wrestler is. Right. And then they all beat him up. And it was like a very big pop for everybody involved. Like, it's one of those, th- totally yes to all of that. Yeah. And to just like cherry on top of like, they kept beating him up. Yep. Like, uh, at one point, he's sandwiched between the ladder. All six of them are bringing the ladder down on him like yeah. a scissor. They threw him out of the ring. They kept jumping at him. They kept throwing things at him. It was yep. like, yes, no, fuck the titles. Just keep being on Jackson Riker. Yeah. Whoever can beat him up the best is going to win. Right. Yeah, and they took um, took advantage of Montez Ford being a very fucking uh, athletic guy who yeah. you can trust to do a springboard from the ropes to a standing ladder just exactly where he needs to be to like 
have a fantastic visual to end the thing. Yep. Um, and huge props to Angelo Dawkins, whose spear has gotten so better that yeah. when he friggin' I think it was Steve it was Steve Cutler that he just chopped in half under a ladder. Yeah. Like he. It's one of those tag team Street Profits, like, similar to you, when they were first introduced, I was just like, okay, Montez Ford is the guy I'm going to have to pay attention to, right? He's the better of the two. They're both really good now. Yep. Like, Ford's still a little bit better because he has more charisma, but in ring, they're great. Yeah, he's he's got more charisma, he's more, uh, his athleticism is more apparent. Yeah. But, like, and, like, when they break up, he's probably going to be, like, the singles guy who breaks out huge. But, like, they're both very good, I think, uh... Dawkins has like is very good on the mic. Yep, he's a good hype man. Yep. Oh, but yeah, the ladder match, uh, aces. It was I. You know, I don't know how many ladder matches I've seen live, but yeah, I don't um, think I've seen. I saw one in Beyond. Yep. And we saw Money in the Bank one year. Yes, we did. So we saw like two ladder matches then. Yep. When Rollins won and uh, Cena, I think was the other one. God. Yep. Yeah, because we were left. We left disappointed. Yep. But um. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure to burn away Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite for fans. That's my favorite pronunciation of any wrestler's name ever. Is Jer's uh, loving tribute to Wade Barrett. So Wade Barrett, That's a quick summary of every core and Nexus promo. Wade <laughs> Oh God. And, yeah, so this might have been, like, only the, I don't know, fourth ladder match I've ever seen live. Yeah. And I was, like, hyped because um, I remember watching the, what was it, was it six people for the uh, North American title the first time they crowned yes. the Yeah. Uh, I watched that with Alyssa on TV, mm-hmm. and she loved that match. Oh, so yeah. I was, like, hyped for her to see this one. Because yep. what's better than six guys but eight? Yes. Um, so they did amazing, and... They had so much high frenetic energy that it was a perfect contrast to Velveteen versus Tyler Breeze. Yeah, they were much slower paced, and yep. it was like it was a much more it was more of a classic wrestling match in the like an eighties sense. Yeah, like when you and I watched uh, AEW last week, you made the excellent point that like Cody versus Dustin mm. was like a perfect slow paced slow paced Southern wrestler match. Yeah. This felt like that for very different reasons. Like um, I know Velveteen's from DC, and I think Tyler's from either Florida or California, like yeah. a coast. So, like, not the same background, but very much the same character-driven offense mm. that it seemed like Tyler Breeze had a genuine chance to win. Yeah. Um, he's back, like, in NXT as a brand rather than shuffling back and forth. Oh, good. So, I like, didn't realize. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's a huge asset. I wanted him to win just because I wanted, like, either Velveteen to chase or just Velveteen to move on to, like, the main title. Yeah. But everyone won because it was a great match yeah i kind of expected whoever won roddy versus matt riddle to eventually wind up going after the title yeah because they're kind of in the same storyline adjacently but um i just want tyler breeze to win because he's never won like a big match right and it's like ah that guy's so good yeah and like that was the like Alyssa and um sarah were both rooting for velveteen dream Mm -hmm. and they're like (laughs) they were amped about it yes uh but i was like i'm i was like i want velveteen to win but i really want tyler breeze to win yep and uh good ending though too is like one of those I think the thing that I, I really love about Velveteen Dream is that, like, you can imagine him doing very well on the main roster mm-hmm. because he really, he gets how to sell these, like, kind of convoluted WWE match endings. Because, um, like, I've, first off, I got a text in the middle of that match and, like, missed the ending until I saw Aww. it on replays. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I'm not sure, like, the replays were, I got. But, like, they, like, did a great job because, like, at some point, uh, 
Dream like took out the title to just flash it around people, and then he locked, laid it down on the announce table, and Breeze like looked at, it, and I was like, oh, Breeze is gonna use that title to beat a Velveteen Dream, but then it turned out being the other way. Yep. But uh, uh, Breeze got the title away from him, gave it to the ref, and that distracted him enough for Dream to get the win. Yep. Which was very well done. Yeah. I I feel Perfect like it, booking. Yeah. I, I think that's fair to say. Um, we've talked a little bit about New Japan on past episodes, yep. where New Japan cares less about like classic heel face dichotomy. Yeah, and I feel like NXT is the safest WWE environment to play with those shades of gray. Yeah, Velveteen is very much a hero, but like he doesn't really acknowledge it. He loves the attention, but yes. he doesn't want to say he does. Um, so him using the title is a heel move, yep. but people love him anyway. Yeah. It's, it's like Eddie Guerrero territory. His character never changed from being a heel. No. He just kind of, he got popular. Right. But he's still like cocky and arrogant and he'll sometimes cheat to win if he thinks he needs to. Which like, it's the difference between like a him as a champion or like a Neville NXT champion which would do, who would do anything to keep it yep. versus your Johnny Garganos who are so easily hoodwinked that they'll lose because they are too devoted to being too pure. Yeah. Um... <clears throat> they already did the Dusty Classic this year, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I was thinking, like, they would be a good tag team. Right. Um, yeah, maybe if Breeze is, if they're both still around long enough to the next one. Um, are you, did you see the, um, I think you were out of, like, concessions for a lot of the women's matches. Did you ever catch up to it? Um, I didn't watch it back, but uh. what I watched of the highlights, um, I, I don't I'm not as familiar with the Oshirai as you or other people may be. Yeah. So I'm just very excited to see anybody break a mold of I'm the scrappy challenger who's gonna fight from underneath to yeah. No, fuck you. I just yeah. wanna kill you. <laughs> yeah. I know. It was like that was the only match that disappointed me. Like it was good. Yeah. It was very good, but um I I kind of expected more, but I'm also okay with it because obviously they're going to ramp it up next time. They're gonna right. have some kind of rematch. Yeah. Whether that's like some kind of three on three or one on one with um like hardcore rules or something. Ideally, um, because if if the WWE, especially Triple H, who seems to be more in tune with like progressive looking storytelling, I want a female war games. I want oh, yeah. I want Shayna and Shafir and Jessamyn Duke, who you can hide the fact that they're not super experienced yeah. with plunder, versus Io and Candice and a returning Dakota Kai. Yeah, and then add one more to each side, like Miriam on one side, Bianca Belair on the other. Yeah, and just. Do that. That yeah, I'm very into that idea. Yep. Um, that would not be very hard to keep going because their next one's what the SummerSlam weekend and yep. then more games right after that. Yep. And the thing is, like it, I have a little bit of trepidation about it for a live crowd because then you get to watch either Marina Shafir or Justin Duke try to do like MMA stuff, which would be very hard to watch through a cage, which is ironic. Yep. But like, I think that's the best way to make the most of them in the positive. Right. And keep ramping up the violence of that feud. Yeah. And I mean, who knows? We haven't seen that much of uh, Maria Shafir or Jessamyn Duke. Right. Um, So even by the time War Games comes around in November, like, they could be amazing. We just wouldn't really know until then. And I'm fine waiting for that. NXT does this beautiful job of delivering so impactfully on their big events that I'm fine to wait. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone on their roster is good and everyone we see on TV is good, but, like, we don't see... The work they put in, like, at the Performance Center, right. in between shows, you know, on non-televised events, whatever. It's the, it's the type of thing that I used to do back when the WWE was the only account around, or, like, the only company around mm-hmm. it, like, the early 2000s, of, like, I follow the shit out of Rick Boogs, mm, because yeah. I want to see more Rick Boog, I want to see more Rick Boogs matches. Yeah. Change from Eric Boogenhagen. Um, 
I want to see his promos. I want to see more of him. And I used to have to, like, troll the internet for a bunch of shit about, like, Kane or mm. Booker T back in those days because I wanted more of them and their characters. NXT does this marvelous job of pulling you in and wanting to know more. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I I was, like, at the end of the match when, uh... First off, I'm not sure I like EO tapping. No, um, I, I did not like that. Yeah, but, like, um... But then she like did a moonsault with a chair on her stomach, and I yep. was like, "Yeah, that's my shit." Yep. <laughs> that and like Candice LeRae isn't neutered anymore. Candice yep. LeRae showed up with a kendo stick and beat up two women. Yes. By herself. Thankfully, yeah. Yeah. She's not just Johnny's wife. Yeah, she's. Uh, I mean, it's a minor upgrade to go from Johnny's wife to Eo's friend. Right. But it, I, it does get her closer to like being in a match. Yeah. And. I, I think it's an important moment, given who they are in, in like the pro wrestling universe, Jessamyn yeah. Duke and Marina Shafir. Like she beat the two of them up herself; they're cronies, but yeah. at the same time, that's two people. Yep. So and she's much smaller than two of them, yeah, like, height wise and body wise. So like, and she's able to do more than just be concerned backstage, right? So all around good. Yeah. Uh, we'll yeah, I'm looking forward to the future of that. Um, what'd you think of the main event? Which, whew. Um. I, I'm still trying to decide in my... Like, emotionally, it wasn't as uh, affecting as WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, because I was going to ask, because you were in-house in, uh, in for both. I was. Yeah. I am stupendously grateful that I was there for both. Because yeah. th- those matches translate really well on TV. There's nothing like it live. Yeah. Because um, our girlfriends... as much, like the, We were both rooting for Tyler. Mm. I, me, very vocally... The cutest moment of the night was them, uh, every time I was like, let's go, Tyler! Like a fucking smelly mark. They were just like, Velveteen. <laughs> and, but, like, by the time it got to the main event, I had to do no explaining. Yeah. It was just, Johnny Gargano has a humongous heart. He's never going to stop unless you basically murder him to death. Yeah. And Adam Cole's a giant dick who's really good at wrestling. And he's also good at murdering you to death. Yes! If he has to. <laughs> with his dick. Yeah. If he doesn't land with his knee. <laughs> uh, Alyssa doesn't really care about either character, but she was like pretty into that main event, so yeah. it was good. I mean, it thundering yeah. was, is one way to put it of just like, there were so many near falls that, made, that were viable as the yeah. end of the match. Um, me, you, and Alyssa at one point were banging on chairs. We were so excited. Which, yeah. like, there is nothing like that live unless, like, you can feel the energy of 15,000 mm. people also really fucking excited yeah. to watch the next part of the match. Yep. Um, didn't love Adam Cole's hype man. I thought that was weird. Um, he is, um, fuck, what do I... He does a, a, a series of, um, a songs called Wrestle and Flow where he remixes and raps over um rap um or wrestling themes yeah um that was his thing um and like i think him being on there was like a treat especially for him but like yeah it's any fan who like follows that kind of thing i think that his shit's actually pretty popular so it was yeah. like not a i just couldn't see him from where i was but right. once i like saw the name i was like oh fuck look good for that guy yeah I think that if you added him to somebody who had a less interactive song, it would have been better. Yeah. Because people are waiting for Boom and Bebe. Yeah. Like, Adam Cole comes out and people want to be part of it. So yeah. it's it's tough hat putting what feels like a hat on a hat. Right. I think that was actually the first theme that he did. Yeah. So that's, like, part of the reason why he got into the, got that spot. That makes sense. Um, and, I mean, some people did seem to know the, uh, the, the parts of the rap that were his, which right. is pretty cool. Um, but also, when something like that happens, you're like, oh... That guy's fucking winning this match. Yep. Uh, Johnny came out in Captain Marvel outfit, but wasn't good enough. No. I mean, well, like Captain Marvel, he was 
excellent and arguably the best thing, but then disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope he doesn't. <laughs> but that means Candice LeRae is Goose. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> they, the yeah. wrestling flurkin. The NXT, um, NXT roster is looking around. Like, Johnny, where have you been? He's like, I've... There's stuff going on in other parts of the WWE universe, and he's just been fucking losing tag matches on Raw for six months. Could you imagine if just like, just to take a ball and run with it, if it's like he starts showing up at like Evolve and Beyond and things still in the Captain Marvel gear? Like, yeah. I, I can help. <laughs> I'm still powerful. Ugh. Um, the part, like. For me, one of the biggest pops of the night that I wasn't even there for was just on the pre-show. Tommaso Ciampa was sitting at oh, a yeah. table yep. and then started doing his signature, just like bye-bye waves. He's, yeah, he just did his taunts. Playing to the, and the crowd ate it up. Yep. Yeah, oh. the crowd, I got there a little bit before you did. Yep. And um, the crowd was chanting and crazy before, like, several minutes before the show started. Like, 20 minutes uh, before even the pre-show. Yep. There were just NXT chants. People were yelling about things that I couldn't see. Baby! Yeah. Um, a lot of baby. A lot of babies. Oh, uh, God. Um, yeah, pre-show, not bad. Mm. Aired last night, I guess. Yep. But, you know, got a pretty good um, Bianca Belair-Mia uh, Yim yeah. match. Yep, the rubber match. Yep. That's so good. They're very good. It's one of those things where I'm just like, I, I'm glad that it's happening where it is because I like Bianca Belair, but I was starting to get worried, especially opposite uh, Shayna Baszler, mm-hmm. that they were putting her up too soon. Mm-hmm. She's incredibly athletic, and I feel like she's basically a B grade, yeah. uh, but like with more time and more big matches, she'll easily get up to an A. Yeah, I feel like she's like she's like A plus for athleticism and charisma mm. and like promos it's just like the timing's the, not perfect the nuances of yeah. like in ring work aren't quite working for her but she's yeah. fun to watch so yep. you know and working someone like me is going to help her out a ton absolutely uh Kona Reeves tried against Keith Lee <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah you missed that you missed uh <laughs> the, every Kona Reeves came out everyone started booing and Alyssa <laughs> was like why are they booing him um, cuz like other times will be at an NXT show and like people will cheer the heel like Adam Cole heel yeah. everyone loves him yep. you know crowds kind of split on uh, the heels which is like it's, it's so unanimous yep. and I was like oh it's because everybody kind of hates him yeah. um, he's you know kind of bland and, he's, he, and he is a heel so like it's the proper response mm-hmm. it was funny because like she didn't uh, remember Keith Lee from uh we saw his last show in Beyond, yeah, which actually was against uh, Mia Yim. I remember. And I was like, "Hey, they're yeah. both they're they're both in NXT on the pre-show. They're gonna make it." Friend of the show, John Barron, went with us. Yeah, it, it was us. It was us. The four of us there. Because yeah. um, we, yeah, and we also saw ladies wrestling. It was it was a great. Oh yeah, that was a was double a great lineup. Yeah. Oof. Um. So yeah, overall, like, I would give NXT Takeover twenty five. Like it, I was almost mad at it after. Just yeah. like. Sarah, I don't know what else to take you to. <laughs> like, nothing's going to really be that good. Yeah. Nothing's going to be that polished, I think. Yeah. I think there's going to be, like, you can go to a Women's Wrestling Revolution or, like, a, a Beyond thing and have just as much fun. Yeah. But it's not going to match the, like, the production value or just the size of the crowd. Yep. You know. But. Also, I had a bucket of nachos that got slathered in fucking meats and sour cream, so I had a great time watching the women's event match. Oh, oh I didn't get no meats. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need meats. You know why, Jer? Why? You got banana peels. From Hanes. They make underwears for your banana. <laughs> <laughs> and then they make bananas for your underwear. 
if you mix them with the wrong things and it upsets your stomach. Um, don't eat your underwear. <laughs> don't eat your underwear. That is the catchphrase, at least one of the drafts that I saw in the first print that, uh, the print ad that I was supposed to read. I'm just uh, imagining, like, a package that has all of this written verbatim on the front all the way to the back. It's like, why didn't anyone edit this? Make underwear, not edit. Edit ads. <laughs> oh, God. So, uh, I think it's... Oh, we were going to talk about Best Super Juniors, the other yes. thing that came out of this week. It genuinely, like, as shocking as a lot of NXT was, specifically, like, Riddle and Strong being so good, yeah. I did not think Will Ospreay was going to beat Chango. Yeah. Holy shit. And that was, and that was a great call. Yeah. They built up all this uh, momentum with Shingo, uh going undefeated throughout the best Super Junior tournament, his half of the tournament, I should say. Yep. And then Will Ospreay fucking gutsing it out and winning... Uh, a fantastic match. It was one of the slickest finishing move transitions I've ever seen. Oscar into a, a top rope Oscar. Yeah. Like, not just like his regular springboard. Jump from the fucking top rope backwards. Yep. Hit a cutter. Grabbed him by the head, pulled him down, kept control of his head, picked him back up, did his... Uh, Storm. Storm break. Break up. Yeah. Oh, fucking fantastic. Yeah. Um, whew. I go, and it's... I think that they're gonna push him to be, like, the face of the company sooner rather than later yeah it's amazing i think they're wise to do that i think that i love kazuchika okada is your randy orton or your john cena to be more yeah. complimentary of. Yeah. just like you can go to him whenever you want he's what tanahashi used to be he's he is the new ace yeah but osprey can be your future ace and he's so fucking young and talented that as long as he doesn't break his neck he's yeah. gonna be fine yes as long as he stays healthy with all the flipsies and whatever uh <laughs> he'll be amazing the flipsies the flipsies and whatevers. Because <laughs> um, he's, he's got power moves now, too. It's true. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, the Hidden Blade is great. Yeah. Um, yeah, He him focusing on just more, like, lariats and shot-based offense, especially against somebody who's as thick yep. as Shingo, was so cool. Yeah, it was... And, yeah. Go ahead, no. And Shingo was amazing. Like, the Pumping Bomber mm. is, like, it's a clothesline. Yep. But in the hands of somebody like him who's so good and so slick, like, a sliding clothesline looks amazing, a Pumping Bomber over and over again is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. The way that he does a Death Valley driver, it's basically an attitude adjustment, but yeah. it's so much better. Right. It's cleaner, it's faster, it's more powerful. He's so good. Yeah. It was uh it was a story they built up without like without really calling attention to it. Yeah. Cuz honestly, I went into the day thinking that the finals match was going to be Shingo versus El Fantasmo. Yep. Uh, mostly cuz uh, Fantas- Phantasma only lost two matches, mm-hmm. and one of the matches he lost was on page two of like the events that uh that the links to each individual match on the event page. Yep. So like I missed the match that he lost, and I was like, "This guy's these two guys are undefeated. They're gonna collide." Yep. And then it turned out that wasn't the case, and I was pleasantly surprised for Will Ospreay to be there. I mean, I've been an anime fanboy and a martial arts fan. I've been yeah. a, a martial arts fanboy longer than I've been an anime fanboy. So anybody yeah. brings a fucking sword to the ring, mm. yeah, that's my yeah. guy. Yeah. So he said he was gonna slay a dragon. He slayed a dragon. Yeah. Wow. And it. Uh, I was. Uh, I I got sidetracked. But like, what I was gonna say was they told the story of like Osprey gutsing out, but like Shingo stayed kind of in his comfort zone. Yep. Like the announced team's kind of like you know wink wink. Like this guy's not a lightweight. Like, because he visibly is not. <laughs> like, so he just overpowered everyone in the, his block. Yep. Until he beat Osprey, who's got experience fighting bigger guys. Yeah. And, like, now uh, Shingo said in an interview that he wants to fight heavyweights. Yep. The kayfabe is good. 
it, it's yeah. great. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you need a visual, it, it's funny that you phrase it that way in terms of how much bigger and thicker the Chingo mm-hmm. looks. Because, like, Osprey at the winner's table after with, like, all the beer in front of him, it looked like Show and Yo were, like, his mentees at the Wall YMCA. So, like, <laughs> they came to, like, pour beer on him and be like, yay, Mr. Osprey, and then they left. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a huge difference of Shingo versus any junior. Right. Yeah, because Osprey's still, he's putting on the weight. Like, I think sometime in the commentary they said he's, like, six pounds away from the heavyweight limit or whatever. Yep. But, like, um, you know, obviously that might not be true. Who cares? Right. Uh, but, like, it's... It makes for a great, like, uh, contrast between the two because one guy's keeping his lightweight status while the other is just being a heavyweight. Yep. And now, uh, Osprey obviously is going to fight Dragon Lee at Dominion on Sunday. Yeah. And uh, uh, Shingo takes on his uh, Kojima. Uh-huh. Uh, did you see the Dominion card? No. Oh, okay, I got to... I'll uh, pull that's it up exciting. after the show. I love Kojima. Yeah, Kojima is... Uh, yeah, that's the second match on the card. Yep. And uh, first is uh, is John Moxley versus Shota Umino. Uh, oh, Shota. Yeah. Run, Shota. Yeah, that's... Uh, he gonna hurt you. I think uh, my friend brought up that that could be his last match before Excursion. Shota? Yeah. Yeah. Which... I mean, the, if, I if, that's, so. if that's it, then might as well learn as much as you can taking lumps from arguably the biggest star in the world right yeah. now. Yeah, he's like... I mean, he's worked a match with uh, Tanahashi. Yep. That was excellent. He's gonna work a match with John Moxley. He's kind of got like a lot of different influences working out, and I think like yeah, he's ready. Yep. He's in. He's been in the oven for too long. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you shouldn't put in an oven? Bananas. <laughs> <laughs> and why is that? Um, because they burn, <laughs> and then you get confused <laughs> about where they go. Because it's like, well, should I keep it in the microwave or should I put it in the fridge to cool down? If I put it in the fridge. What happens? Is it okay? Is it gonna be sad? I don't like a sad banana. This is a wrestling <laughs> podcast! <laughs> Haynes, we don't like sad bananas. <laughs> <laughs> it's all on this package, why? I might have misread what they were trying to sell us. <laughs> oh god. Um, but yeah, and um, yeah, Jay White versus Tanahashi. Yeah. I didn't see it, but I love Jay White with a goatee because he looks more like a shithead. Yeah. And beating Tanahashi, who should at this point should be built to lose. Right. I love it. Yeah. I, um, God, I forgot that that match had been booked. Yep. I didn't even look at what the lineup was heading into the uh, the Best Super Junior Final match, or show. Yep. And, like, I woke, the nice thing about being a fan of Japanese wrestling, sometimes you just wake up and wrestling's just on. Yeah. So I turned it on, and then I was like, I was like, oh, okay, Jay, Jay White, Tanahashi, who are their tag partners? Oh, fuck, it's a singles match? And then the crowd was way into it. Yep. Um, they have they went from having, like, the worst match at, like, a Wrestle Kingdom yep. a year ago yep. to, like, having just really great chemistry. Yep. And it's, uh, it's just a good, good, uh, good time to catch them with, like, Jay White on the Ascendance and Tanahashi kind of in the downward slope. Yep. Yeah, good storytelling. I mean, it. it's almost like a case study of yeah. this is Tanahashi is a wrestler who's done everything that he possibly could in the company yeah. except for make a career out of go, on going out on his back, yep. which he can do now. He can choose to do that. Or he can just be the champion sometimes. Yeah. Jay White needs more marquee opponents and more marquee wins to solidify him as a main eventer, yep. which is crazy. It's always crazy when you have to say that about somebody who held the title. Yeah. But... He, he sort of defended it. Okada beat him because Okada had arguably better momentum and more status. Yeah. And 
It's not like he'll never be champion again, but right. I would love to see Jay White go through Tanahashi, Tomohiro Ishii, mm. more Goto matches before he's ready for, like, the title again. Yeah. I kind of, I want him against Moxley. Yeah. Um, And I think they might go in that direction at some point. Blood, blood, blood. Yeah. Blood, blood, blood. <laughs> Switchblade versus Death Rider. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause, I mean, he has a winning record against Tanahashi, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, And Okada. Yeah. Even though he lost the title to Okada last time. Right. Um, did you catch Juice versus Moxley? I loved it. Yeah, John Moxley's first match outside of WWE. Yep, I'm sure he loved it too. Yep, I think that it matches like that. I get so hyped for mm-hmm. one part of it that I sometimes just forget about the like the ability of somebody like Juice. Mm-hmm. Juice held every bit of that match that he needed to and more. Yeah, I feel like if anybody came out ahead at the end, besides John Moxley winning a major singles title after leaving the WWE. Juice's promo after was amazing. Mm-hmm. Juice's offense looked really good and tight and aggressive. Yeah. He took a fucking hell of a beating. Mm-hmm. And losing the dreadlocks made him look like he was taking it more seriously, and he should have. Yes, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if I said this in our group chat, but I, it reminded me of Shawn Michaels versus Mankind of Mind Games. Yep. Like, just a hardcore guy really bringing out some, like, very... Uh, a little more of an edge to a guy, a character who could kind of be a little goofy, a little bit like a... I can win, but I'm also going to have fun while I'm doing it. Swivel, swivel, swivel. Yeah. Like, that kind of uh, attitude that Juice Robinson had. And uh, I think that's what Juice needed yeah. to move on to the next level. I think I think they'll do a rematch at some point. And maybe Juice won't win that, but I think like this is going to elevate him yeah. above the U.S. title, which is not a good title. No. I mean, and that, I mean that's every bit to do with, like, the elite and their booking and the timing of that. I think over yeah. time it could absolutely be a more prestigious title, but I'd argue it's not any more meaningful than the Never Openweight title, yeah. which I can't tell you who holds that right now. Uh, tai Chi. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's one of those things where, like, Juice, this is, the ti- this is the time where he needs to be matched up against people like Ishii, like the same people that Jay White does, of, like, yep. Ishii, Goto, Tanahashi, of just, like... Have these guys get really sharpened against the veterans, the respected people, yep. so that when they start to fight more of the nuanced characters like so- like Sonata and Naito and Okada, you can get hype for them because you don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah, uh, at Dominion he is facing, he's teaming with Tanahashi and someone else against maybe Yano mm. against uh, Jay White and some other folks. That Jay White's going to nice. Be. Like somebody like Juice is built very well against people like Bullet Club who have yeah. no bones about fucking cheating. Yep. And I'm like I'm I'm interested in that match from those perspective of do we get like goofy fun loving juice coming back or like is he gonna be a little bit more serious or I'm sure he'll find a halfway point. Yeah. But like I hope that he gets so frustrated by losing because other people take shortcuts that he yeah. starts to work that in and be too aggressive and becomes poison juice. <laughs> Not something our podcast is sponsored by. No. Yet, if you sell poison juice, <laughs> we can always use more things to advertise. <laughs> Looking at you, Patagonia, maker of fine moisture-wicking material. We got Hanes money. Why not some poison juice? Oh, God. <laughs> oh man um but yeah dominion's on sunday it seems too soon but it's fucking happening i'll probably watch it live yeah try to i don't know how m- there aren't a lot of pay-per-views that happen on like sundays right so and honestly like this is the time for anybody who's not familiar with japanese wrestling or is looking to get into it to start to get into it because the g1's right around the corner yep yeah um yeah dominion's their second biggest show of the year basically their summer slam yep um it'll be like uh, it'll happen sunday early sunday morning yep so 
Um, are you still going to the Beyond show that day? Um, I don't think so. Okay. That's the yeah. Sunday? Yeah. yeah. It's the Ned Divine ones, yeah. Ah. It's sold out, yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Fun times in Japan and, uh, we did talk about America. Also America. You know and where it's not fun? Where? Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yep. Though I'm sure WWE will try to make it fun. By having two women. <laughs> we think. Yep. They're flying Alexa Bliss and Natalia out and haven't been able to confirm if they can wrestle there. So Ugh. I hope that they have, I don't know, if they if they can have a nice vacation there, I, I hope they do. Yep. I, they let women drive now, so maybe, Sky's they, the limit. maybe they can film a fucking uh, ride-along episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Just Alexa Bliss, Natalia, and Renee Young. Not having anywhere to go, but just three blonde ladies driving around Saudi Arabia. I'm Scott Stanford, and this is my voiceover over two women potentially in danger. <laughs> um, yeah, so like WWE is going to do their uh, Super Showdown, the show that is greater than or equal to WrestleMania. A WrestleMania equivalent event. The, the gator eats the big one. <laughs> 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 that's how you tell which one's the greater than or equal to sign. This is just that's what it is. It's Super Showdown, and the Gator is pointing his mouth at it, and there's a little line under it, and then WrestleMania is on the other side. People can't see this because we're an audio podcast. Jer very helpfully turned his hand into alligators and helped me understand. Yeah, it's basically it's, I could teach elementary school math mm-hmm. uh, if I needed to. And wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> but like I mean neither, neither of us are gonna fucking watch it no. uh, if you want some counter programming Eve Pro Wrestling is gonna be uh, live streaming uh, what I assume is gonna be like a best of kind of thing mm. uh, at the same time as this event on their Facebook group at Eve Pro Wrestling um, I'll be watching that yep and uh, yeah so neither of us are gonna watch this fucking show that even just I looked at the card uh, where's my mouse okay I looked at the card for the actual mat show, yep. and there's like a 50-man battle royale, which, okay. What a big one. Triple H versus Randy Orton, which I, I, we watched in college. Yeah. We watched Randy Orton break into Triple H's house that one time. In canon, that yeah. happened. Yep. Uh, uh. Goldberg versus The Undertaker, which hasn't happened, but I mean, you can imagine that in your brain. Um, it's like, imagine a bullet hitting bones. Yeah. That's that match. Uh, Braun Strowman, Bobby Lashley, Finn Balor versus Andrade, which deserves a better event to be at. Yeah. I completely forgot that Finn Balor was still on the roster. He's gonna be the demon. Um, oh, I guess that would be not worth checking in for, but it's always cool, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Roman Reigns versus... Roman Reigns is gonna sell for Shane McMahon for 20 minutes before yep. hitting Shane with a spear and... I mean, doing what The Miz couldn't do <laughs> and beating <laughs> Shane McMahon. The, the best in the world. Oh, I hope I hope the fans leave there like, does this make Roman Reigns the best in the world? <laughs> Which he is. Uh, and in kayfabe, I guess. Yep. Um, Kofi Kingdom versus Dolph Ziggler, which, you know, if you're going to do a throwback 2003 um, uh, show, yep. why not? Seth Rollins is fighting Baron Corbin. Uh, good for Baron Corbin for getting uh, enough vacation time from Fridays uh, <laughs> to go all the way over there and you know, spend a weekend. That you know he's, he's losing out on tips that way. 
Lars Sullivan is fighting all of the Lucha House Party. <laughs> all three of the fucking... Three of the four luchadors they have... I guess five if you count Andrade. So three of the five that they have signed to their fucking company um, is going to be fighting one guy, and they're probably going to lose. Yep. Uh, And then, but hopefully they leave him there, right? Or he says something racist and gets put in jail. Yep. Um, (laughs) In Saudi jail, the most serious jail. (laughs) And then the Usos are fighting the revival like three weeks too late after they've already um, basically done an entire. Uh, storyline about how one of them should have worn Hanes underwear uh, <laughs> <laughs> instead of rubbing their balls with uh, mm. hot juice. <laughs> yep. Um, so those are the ten cards that yeah. have been announced. So what we decided to do instead <laughs> of like recapping this or trying to talk about it, we're just going to throw a bunch of ideas out for what we would do in their place. Yeah. Uh, Dennis, do you want to start? I do. Um, this is... Uh, this is a match. Uh, I wrote all of these uh, on the train, okay. so I put a lot of work into uh, tapping these out on Google Doc. Number one, loser goes to AEW. Natalia versus Alicia. Okay. Um, Alicia Fox. Yep. Okay. Because I don't know what she would know to do <laughs> outside of WWE. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be a reality show that I would watch. Yeah. Someone who's been in WWE for thirty years and suddenly has to go <laughs> to somewhere else. You give them agency and they don't know what it is or what to do with it. It's basically The Sims. Yeah. Um. <laughs> you lock her in AEW and take the doors off. <laughs> no, I like her. Oh, oh I like her too. Yeah. I just, oh, God. Uh, that's my number one. Winner goes to AEW, meaning you have to win to be able to leave the company. Uh, the Revival versus the Lucha Dragons versus the Viking Experience Raiders. <laughs> are, uh, are all of your ideas loser leaves to go to AEW? No. Okay. Uh, my third one is loser has to form their own company, Matt Hardy versus Bray Wyatt. God, that would be a good company. Right. Um, or a very good afternoon kids show. Yes. Um, uh, doing the Muscle Man dance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I hope that they get everyone in Saudi Arabia to do the Muscle Man dance. Or they would get too strong and that might not be good for the region. Right. Um, we'll figure it out. But exactly what you thought. I thought, like, okay, I'm having too many ideas where people have to leave, so instead mm. I made them leave but, like, have proxy fights. Yeah. Uh, their pets fight, Alistair Black versus Alexa Bliss versus Rusev. <laughs> <laughs> What's Rusev's pet? Oh, he has a dog, right. Yeah, he he got a puppy. Yeah. Pet. Oh, but Alexa Bliss has a pig, and that pig's going to win. Yeah. Because you can't roll over a pig. You I... cannot root against a teacup pig. It's it's a big pig. Big pig. I mean, there's no such thing as a teacup pig, really. Oh, okay. So, like, I mean... They can sell them as that, but like yeah. if you've seen Larry Steve's Instagram, it's a big pig. That is a full-size pig. You can fit probably four Keatons in that pig yeah. right now, and Keaton's a little bit big for his his cat size. But two things. That pig is not a cat, and yeah. it hasn't been trained by a kickboxer Satanist like, <laughs> like Chunky Tato. That's true. If he, if you count all of Aleister Black's cats as one, <laughs> one entity. Yep. Uh, number five, uh, the Sovereignty of Saudi Arabia match. Uh, the Prince of Saudi Arabia versus CM Punk versus the ghost of Antonio Inoki. Oh, I would watch that. Yeah. Because there's a ghost. <laughs> like, imagine CM Punk, best in the world, able to make like all of the chicken salad out of all of the chicken <laughs> shit, fighting a ghost. What if it was just Shinsuke Nakamura with a bed sheet over <laughs> it? Just Making like spooky hand gestures. One <laughs> Um, so after the, the ownership of the country's been decided, yeah. I, have a, <laughs> I have a who's more dead match, uh, George Hackenschmidt versus Jim Lundis. Okay. Uh, a patronage reversal match, Rey Mysterio versus Dominic Mysterio, if oh. Dominic wins. 
<laughs> He's Rey Mysterio's dad. Because oh. <laughs> Dominic had his own custody put yeah. on the line. This is payback. <laughs> uh, a, oh, it's, it's such good shit match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vince McMahon versus Matt Riddle. Yeah. <laughs> who, who gets to decide what the best shit in the world is. Uh, Fight Forever Underdog Scramble. Bailey versus Sami Zayn versus Johnny Gargano. Mm. Um, seismic Toss Challenge. Who can lift the planet? Uh, Braun Strowman versus Mark Henry versus Dialga the Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the We Don't Work Here Showcase Battle Royal, Chaos versus uh, Los Ignobles versus The Elite versus Villain Enterprises versus Los Mysterious Ice Creams. <laughs> <laughs> well, was that the full card? No. Okay, cool. Uh, three more. Okay. Uh, the Interconflict Tag Team Match, John Moxley and Dean Ambrose versus Goldust and Black Rain. <laughs> Goldust and who? Black Rain. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's four people, but inside two? Yeah. Uh, a hair versus dick match. Nia Jax versus Joey Ryan. Okay. Loser loses it all. Oh no! <laughs> Does Nia keep Joey Ryan's dick? Yeah. <laughs> Does Joey Ryan keep Nia's hair? No. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, ending the night with a racism off. Superstar Billy Graham versus Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> that is a card worthy of WrestleMania or greater. Go, Dialga! The big gator would eat that card once. <laughs> I asked Dennis to get weird with this one, and he did. I wasn't going to... I'm not going to top any of that. I think, like, my big idea is that, like, Braun Strowman won a green belt at yep. the um, 50, the greatest Royal Rumble thing they did. Uh, the tag... The, the um, Universal Titles Red. I think they should just have title, like, make all the titles different colors. And then have one person win them all, and it's fucking, then <laughs> it's the fucking gay pride <laughs> title in Saudi, Saudi Arabia. Arabia, and then it's like, look what you motherfuckers signed up for, <laughs> and then they take the money, yep. and um, I don't know, probably that would probably start some kind of global conflict, <laughs> but like, wouldn't it be worth it? Yeah, one, it would be the one thing that would make me happy to see bronze up. Brock Brock Lesnar Mm. win. If Brock Lesnar won every title, but it was like, you know, if he got to be all gay pride about it, I would like Brock Lesnar more. Uh, I would like the management of WWE more. And also, it would be really tough to unravel (laughs) what you would do next in that storyline. That seems like a series finale thing. (laughs) Oh man, I if I could book pre-show matches, I would like Brock Lesnar versus No Way Jose's dancers in a gauntlet match. You know, I've been thinking lately, like why aren't No Way Jose's gauntlet dancers involved in the twenty-four-seven title chase? Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. Like they should first off, they should all be fighting for for themselves. Yep. If not, helping Jose win it and just dogpiling onto Jinder Mahal or right. uh, whoever. Um, I love R-Truth. that. Oh my god! Like a mob mentality would be so good. No way, Jose should never lose that. Yeah, way. yeah, yeah. They they just keep him away. And they form a conga line around him. Yeah, and then they just <laughs> just a circle of like five people walking <laughs> around him the whole time while he no, you know. Wait, Jose. Yeah. No, wait. Every time they get close, they just put down a banana peel. Of course. Yep. Ah, Hanes banana peel. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you cross promote. Yeah. Um, Hanes banana peel. Not allowed in Saudi Arabia either. Um, <laughs> I looked it up. Uh, <laughs> this is the research we do do before we record. 
Yeah, I I didn't make up a list of matches. I just uh, fucking was reading the ad copy or skimming it or really, you know, I tried to like have my my uh, fucking phone read it at me uh, from texting, but it didn't come out right. I'm guessing. Word for word, it's on the banana bag, folks. <laughs> it's a bag of bananas. <laughs> Buy it. I just learned that just now. <laughs> If Dennis says it, I trust him. It must be true. Yeah. I can. If it was on the internet, it has to have some truth. Sure. Yeah. Our truth, which congrats to him for pretending his title on a golf course. Um, and um, winning it back in Saudi Arabia. Oh, again. God. Uh, he, he pinned Jinder Mahal while he was napping on the plane. Yay! And lost it from Jinder uh, before that somehow. God. All the credit in the world to Jinder for keeping, just keeping active. Yeah. Like, yeah. We talked about it. Uh, recently about how you were hyped for him to win the title the first time. I'm hyped for him to just stay relevant. Because he he did work really hard. I I don't ever want him as world champion again. No, me neither. But I like what he's doing. Yeah, I think, like, he should... He really should be a mid-card, like, title contender, at least. Um, Just like a mid-card threat. But, oh well. I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm not gonna physically see what happens at Super Showdown. Um, I don't know what they're gonna do. Maybe Brock Lesnar uh, fucking... F5's the ring, and then, uh, I don't know, I don't think he's gonna cash in there, mostly because, listen, he painted up the Money in the Bank briefcase to look like a A boombox, boombox, and I'm sure it has a lot of songs on it. Right. Like, an iPad, or iPod Mini can hold, like, 10,000 songs, so, like, a boombox that size must have, like... 200 billion songs and it's going to take him a long time to listen to all that music before he cashes in he gets a dinky title that doesn't have any songs on it if you want to hear more stories like this (laughs) check out John Moxley on Wade Keller's podcast in which he was told to do all this and did it because it was his job (laughs) he was told to make the podcast the iPod (laughs) the pod iPod Uh, Keaton do you have any thoughts about Saudi Arabia? No. How about about New Japan Dominion? No. Okay. Well, Keaton is still very silent on our podcast, but he is in our hearts always. Um, Fun fact, he knows as much about who Triple H is as Alyssa does. Do you know Fuck Triple Tri- H. Do you know who Triple H is? He's looking at me like, uh, why are you asking me? That's fair. Obviously he knows Triple H is the guy that no one knows who he is. Selfishly, during TakeOver, because um, <clears throat> our girlfriend sat between us, we yeah. didn't really get the chance to talk during the show. Yeah. When Jackson Riker did come out for the for the Forgotten Sons, I just yelled to you, It's Triple H! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear you! <laughs> I couldn't hear you over... I think I was explaining, like, ah, oh, he's he's the big guy in the group, was the explanation I gave Alyssa. Yep. So he's Triple H! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The big... <laughs> The third biggest guy. I did want to book for the Fantasy Saudi show a Triple H versus Cody fix my chair match. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they just have super glue. <laughs> they have little tiny tubes of gorilla glue like they sell at CVS, and they gotta repair that throne. Yep. And also, the 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 person who repairs the throne gets to use a sledgehammer <laughs> on the other person. But they don't swing it the way you would swing a sledgehammer. Nope. They put their hand over the thingy, and they really just punch you with it. Sure do. Um, oh, damn. 
So yeah, um, I had a lot of fun writing the card for <laughs> Saudi Arabia. I yeah. think it's infinitely more fun than I'll ever have hearing anything about or it. Or watching it, yeah. yeah. Uh, big shout I mean, Bobby Lashley versus Braun Strowman can't fight over their dicks. Um, <laughs> it would be dumb. Right. Like, I mean, Bobby Lashley doesn't have her hair to give up, unlike Nia Jax. Right. Um, and who knows if Braun Strowman has a dick. I don't... It's, just, it's all speculation. Yeah. We can't assume. Yeah. I mean, they won't even show... I mean, they'll sometimes show his nipple, but, like, that's the only... <laughs> that's the only body part we know he has. The implication sure. is that this podcast, which I'm not going to fight, uh, is advocating for more Braun Strowman dick. Yeah. <laughs> Just got I enough mean, of it on TV. Yeah, they don't show enough of any wrestler's dicks uh, on TV. And going to Saudi Arabia probably means fewer dicks, even, even still. So, you know what? That's why I'm going to watch... Not wrestling, because uh, there's no dicks in wrestling. Um, it's unfortunate. Right. I mean, fun fact. Except for Finn Balor, who, yes. Little known fact. Uh, the You know Braun Strowman's theme song, right? Braun! Yeah. That's his dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it enters the room. Right, Keaton? Did you ever see that? No! <laughs> we don't want an answer. Did you ever see somebody enter a room and go, Braun! <laughs> And then order a bunch of food from a Wendy's. Oh, uh, you want belly rubs? Okay. I gotta give my cat belly rubs. I think we're gonna call this an episode. Oh, uh, we sure did. <laughs> yeah. uh, this has been the the Wrestle Down as brought to you by Haynes Banana Peels. <laughs> um, I ate the banana, now it's just the peel. <laughs> um, I've been Jer Palapal. You can find me on Twitter, Swing Dingling. Uh, at Sensei Danny B, Dennis Bruno at dbruno42 on Twitter, and Keaton the Kitten Man, Keaton Fuzzy on Instagram. He is always updating with the wrestling that he is watching or not watching. <laughs> uh, sometimes, sometimes he paints, and I post those. Uh, have a good night. Have a good butt. <laughs> <laughs> it's both a command and advice. Ugh. <laughs> uh.